That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. It's now time for the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By, presented by Superbook Sports on your home for the most Nuggets content. Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to the NBA's trade deadline in real time. Um, it is 2.28 on Thursday afternoon at the time of recording, which makes the trade deadline an hour and 28 minutes old. Let's get right into it. Let's talk about uh, first, let's talk about the transaction that happened first. That is the deal for Thomas Bryant from the Los Angeles Laker, uh, Lakers representing a um, a uh, an upgrade at the backup center position, in my opinion, uh, for these Nuggets. That was the most pressing need for me was solidifying who is playing on that second unit when Jokic isn't on the floor. It's been problematic when Jokic has not been on the floor. Okay? That's just a fact. In games that uh, Jokic has set out, Denver is 2-3. and three, Okay? You needed to upgrade that position. All right? And I think he represents that. I really do. Uh, Thomas Bryant is uh, an interesting uh, story, interesting player. You see him with the Lakers, spent time in Washington. I think he started his career with the Lakers, actually. Um, But the transaction is Nuggets get Thomas Bryant, Lakers get Davon Reed, and three second-round picks, one in 2025, one in 2026, and one in 2029. It's amazing that we are um, talking picks and drafts out to the year 2029. Crazy. Um, But let's, let's be honest here. The Nuggets didn't have a ton of first-round picks uh, at all, all right, to make some of these splashier moves that other teams in the Western Conference were making. We'll talk about those um, in just a second, all right? So you did have these second-round picks. It was enough to get the Thomas Bryant deal done, and you needed to upgrade that position. Guys, we talked about it before the season even started. DeAndre Jordan is virtually unplayable in the regular season, let alone in the playoffs. And Zeke Naji who, you know, we've talked about his versatility, but offensively, there, it's, there's just something missing. And he's not, he's not ready for uh, legitimate playoff minutes um, because he's just kind of, I don't want to say a zero, but he's close to it, okay? And, and I was wrong about Zeke. I thought Zeke was going to take a big-time step forward this year. I remember going back and forth with Will Peterson in one of the preseason ep- episodes of the Mile House podcast. And he was like, slow down. I think, I think everyone needs to pump the brakes on Najee. Um, and it turns out he was right. I was wrong. Okay? Um, so your backup center is not great. And when, when Jokic has not been on the floor this season, according to uh, NBA Advanced Stats, okay, the Nuggets have been outscored by more than 10 points per 100 possessions. Okay? That's, that, that, that got worse season over season. All right? That got worse. It was a, a, a minus almost just under 8 um, points per 100 possession a year ago. Now it's over 10, all right? And that's with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. like, you know, a, a staggering with that second unit. So it's problematic. It needed to get fixed. To what degree did Denver fix it? Um, well, first of all, it's impossible to know. Um, but I actually like the move. I know a lot of people are down on this today. I, I actually like the move. 
Um, we'll see what it turns into. All right. This guy, Thomas Bryant, is playing the best basketball of his NBA career unequivocally. Okay. Uh, he's on a vet minimum deal, by the way. Um, he sort of looks like a, a, a younger DeAndre Jordan uh, when he is uh, lifting off. Uh, according to StatHead.com, he's got 70 dunks this season. That's 20th in the NBA, but he's doing it in fewer minutes than actually anyone ahead of him on the list. So, okay, I like that. Um, now, he also takes threes. Now, he's not doing it maybe at the same um, uh, output uh, in, in terms of attempts that he was with Washington, but he's making 44% of his threes, all right? So, okay, so we got a, 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 um, you know, a guy that can uh, a finish around the basket. He's really good vertically. He's capable of knocking down a three, and he's been one of the more efficient scorers in the NBA, okay? His, his true sh- shooting percentage is over 70%. So, look, he's not, he's not God's gift. There's a reason that you got him for three second-round picks in Davon Reed, all right? He's not a great defender. Um, he's not some big-time shot blocker. So we'll see how it ages. But I like the move. I think the Denver Nuggets' second unit is better today than it was yesterday. So we'll see how it ages. Time will tell. We have a, a handful of regular season games. And then we'll see what it looks like uh, in the uh, in the NBA playoffs where, where it, it's really going to matter. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic uh, on the Thomas Bryant addition. I think it's a pretty good deal. For Denver, all right? The Bones Highland deal. I don't love it. I don't love it. And we came on the air here. Came on the air. We came on the podcast. Um, it was yesterday. It was actually yesterday that we were talking about, man, has Bones Highland's uh, value dropped to such a degree that you could be making a trade for two second-round picks? We we literally used that example, Okay. And that's exactly what the deal was today. It came down while I was live on the air doing the radio show, uh, Stokely and Zach, and I see the compensation, the announcement from Adrian Wojnarowski, and I'm just um, I'm a little t- bit bit uh, disappointed. When you're an organization like the Denver Nuggets, and you don't rely on um, free agency like at all, okay, at all. You have to hit on draft picks. Not just, not like, you you have to hit on the higher draft picks like Jamal Murray, right? But you're hoping to hit on a pick like the 26 overall pick, all right? And you did that with Bones. You did it. You did it. You drafted a, a guy who's in the rising star game. You drafted a guy who was second team all rookie, first time since 2015 when Jamal Murray uh, was, was on that list. You hit. You did it. And after just 100 games and some change, that guy is gone. For two second-round picks, not even a first-round pick, if you floated this idea even just three weeks ago, we would not be talking about second-round picks getting a deal done for Bones Highland. We were talking about a first-round pick. Could it be a first-round pick and a player? And I have only, you know, just, just deduction skills can only go really one way with this. The Nuggets were just insisting on trading him. There wasn't going to be a scenario where they were going to hold on to him. Because if there was, I just think you hold on to him. That's not that's not proper value in return for a guy with bone skill set who can pass, dribble, and shoot. 
at the level he can do, um, especially the latter two of those skills. So, and then you trade him also to a Western Conference team like the Clippers. I just kind of have a bad feeling about this, that there's going to be, you're going to play these guys four times a year, and there's going to be nights that are just flat-out problematic. And I think um, uh, we talked about this like a month ago, that I believe it was Bones who who believed that the Clippers were actually going to draft him on draft night. And he had a little something extra every time he played the Clippers. That little something extra has now been transferred to the Denver Nuggets. I think it's an immature move. I've talked about that for uh, the last two weeks. I, I think that he's asking out, and he did ask out, according to Chris Haynes. Um, maybe the best situation for him in the NBA. Like, 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 where do you want to go? You want to go to Charlotte and play 30 minutes a night as opposed to playing on the number one team in the Western Conference 20 minutes a night? It just doesn't make sense to me. Now, there's also a couple other things that just didn't make sense for the Nuggets. Him playing alongside uh, Jamal Murray um, was not aging well. It was just, just was not aging well. Um, his arc as a player compared to the team arc. But this is where I get tripped up. Like, we've been talking about, like, do you make a trade because his arc isn't uh, synced up with the team arc, but that was under the premise of you're trading Bones Highland for a legitimate rotational player who's going to log playoff minutes, minutes for you. That's not what this is. This is two second-round picks. So I, 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 I don't like it. I, I just don't like it um, for, for all those reasons. I, I wonder just how bad it was behind the scenes. Um, and forgive me, but I, 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 that's, that's just where my mind goes. Is like, did this just truly cross to, through a point of no return? Because what was what was really that bad about the situation between the player and the organization? There was nothing like overly dramatic that was just like giant watershed moment. That like, oh my god, it was like like Draymond Green punching pool. Like, there, there wasn't a moment like that. Now he did leave the court and leave the arena, which I do believe was was um, very, very, very impactful with not only the way that the Nuggets viewed him, but the way that a lot of these other NBA teams viewed him. When you combine that with his just natural defensive deficiencies and his inability to um, thrive off of the basketball. So all of that together probably um, is good framing for why his value was just not what we thought, not what I thought um, that it was even just even just three weeks ago. So that's disappointing. It's disappointing. Uh, and I hope, I hope slash dread that it's not next season and beyond and we're watching Bones Highland averaging 21 points a night uh, for a contender like the Clippers. And it's like, God, we really, we, we actually, we actually were a prisoner of the moment and made that trade for two second round picks. So, I think the Nuggets are fine as a team, but I I think that we can all acknowledge that the Western Conference got a whole heck of a lot tougher here in the last 48 hours. There's no question about it. Um, from a little bit beyond that 48-hour mark, Kyrie joining uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they definitively uh, got better, I believe. Um, you have Kevin Durant now heading to Phoenix. Now, that deal was Durant and T.J. Warren uh, going to Phoenix, and in return, the Nets are getting Cam Johnson, really good player. Mikel Bridges, terrific, tremendous player, in my opinion. Love Mikel Bridges, have waxed poetically, I think, um, 
probably shouldn't say like gloss yourself and say you you sound poetic, but I, I've I've gushed rather um, about my affinity for Mikael Bridges. I just think he's tops. He can he can thrive without the basketball. Uh, still getting 17 points a night. Um, one of the, the the premier wing defenders in the NBA. Uh, that that trade that trade just simply doesn't work without him. Uh, so he is heading to Brooklyn along with um, fellow forward Jay Crowder, who had been you know um, basically like <laughs> you know picketing outside the, the Phoenix facility to get the hell out of there for like six months now. Um, feels like six months anyway. Uh, and then and then you add in oh not one not two not three but four first round picks, as well as a 2028 pick swap. So massive haul for Kevin Durant. Phoenix is all in. And, you know, um, here we go. Here we go. I mean, Matt Ispia is the new owner there uh, in Phoenix. He is being very aggressive, much like, say, like Greg Penner for the Denver Broncos. Like, let's go out and get Sean Payton. Right, like let, let's let in the early stages of new ownership, you typically see that aggressive nature, and uh, Matt Ishbia's uh, early stages in Phoenix are no different. Um, Phoenix is going to be um, Phoenix is going to be a lot harder to beat. Do I believe uh, the Nuggets can beat Phoenix four times over a seven game span? I do, I do, especially with home court advantage. That's why this number one seed is now even more important today than it was just twenty four hours ago. You're now pairing Kevin Durant with DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. On paper, it seems like um, arguably the best starting five in the NBA. Arguably. It's in that conversation. But who is Chris Paul? Like, who is who is present-day CP3? We'll see. We'll see this spring. Uh, who is present-day um, Kevin Durant? Right? Like, he's been hurt. He's hurt right now. Um, he's still, when he's out there, he's one of the five best players that the league has to offer. Um, but this is a guy who is a thousand games into his career and, you know, 34 years old. So again, he's missed, um, he's missed, he's missed real time this year. He's played in uh, 39 total games. All right. Um, when you look at how many games we're into the season now, so he's played, he's probably missed 15, 16 games already. He's going to miss some more games. And then, you know, my other question, you know, with this whole new dynamic in Phoenix is, like, is this the way that, you know, this is going to work at the highest level of this sport, where you're just going to throw these new guys together, subtract guys, subtract the Cam Johnsons and and Mikael Bridges, throw in a totally new guy, um, two new guys, one in the in the in the um, starting rotation, one that will be a, a backup in TJ Warren. But is this just like add water and stir? Okay, let's put our hands together. Let's go be great on three. Like, is that is that really how this is going to work? I don't want to say that it can't, but at the same time, like, is that is there more value with the high end blue chip talent that they have at the top of that team? Is that more valuable than what Denver has and what they've grown here organically from continuity and chemistry and battle-tested, right, with the veteran grizzled nature of the current Denver Nuggets? So um, that is obviously um, at the top of mind when you're looking at the West, like just how much headway um, is Phoenix going to make? First of all, just in the standings, because right now Phoenix is uh, the five seed, um, they're eight and a half games back from Denver, so it's it you know 
they're, they're out of reach from catching Denver. Let's just start there uh, in the standings. Um, but they're, they're four games over f- uh, a 500. So, I mean, we'll see what it looks like. I mean, a lot of this stuff, guys, is just wait and see. From the Luka stuff to uh, the, um, the Phoenix stuff to the Memphis stuff, who, uh, uh, adding Luke Kennard. Um, I like that move. Um, what are some of these other moves in the NBA? The, the Lakers. Uh, and how about D'Angelo Russell returning to L.A.? Uh, like, and, and how about this? Like, D'Angelo Russell is back in L.A. Spencer Dinwiddie is back in Brooklyn. Durant's back in the Western Conference. Um, and I'm missing another one. There's another, uh, and, it's, and it's escaping me right now um, as we're uh, as we're talking live here on air. Anyway, um, the Lakers got better. The Suns got better. I think Memphis got a little better. Um, and that's kind of as I'm th- on the fly here. Uh, Dallas got better. But the Nuggets, we have to keep in mind, this is the number one seed in the Western Conference. This is the team that's 21 games over 500, and their big additions happened in the offseason in the form of Contavious Caldwell, Pope, and Bruce Brown. Now you got MPJ rounding into shape. So I am acknowledging that these other teams did get better because they did. But at the same time, um, I want to acknowledge who... Uh, the Nuggets are and have been. Did anyone surplant Denver as the favorite to come out of the West? In my mind, not really. Not really. Now, the current odds do reflect uh, some changes, okay? If I'm pulling up my Superbook app, the proud sponsor of this podcast, you look at uh, NBA championship odds. The Suns have leapfrogged um, everyone not named the Boston Celtics, who are the current favorite at 3-1. to one. Uh, The Suns are now 9-2, uh, to two, all right, which means they're about plus 450. Bet $100 and you'd win uh, 450 bucks. followed by the Bucks, who are now 5-1, to one, all right? Their odds uh, improve because of the shakeup in the East. And then you have the Nuggets now at 15-2, to two, which is uh, the equivalent of plus 750. If you bet $100 on the Nuggets to win the championship and they went and won it, you get that 100 back plus $750. So day over day, the Nuggets went from basically 5-1 to one to between 7 and 8-1. to one. So their championship odds did take a hit. Um, but that's kind of expected, to be totally honest with you. Um, oh, Warriors, too. That's the one I forgot here. Uh they, the Warriors did trade uh, James Wiseman, the former second overall pick. I think that was a 2020 class. He is on his way to, to the Detroit Pistons in part of a multi-team deal uh, that actually sends Sadiq Bey, another Villanova guy that I really, really like, an ascending player. He's going to the Hawks. Um, and Gary Porton, uh, or, uh, uh, um, Gary Payton uh, Jr., is going from the Blazers back to the Warriors, right? This is according to uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, and the Hawks are sending five second-round picks to the Warriors in exchange for Sadiq Bey. So, and then you're also seeing Kevin Knox, uh, the uh, he'll be a backup forward, um, was traded from the Pistons to the Warriors as well. 
So, and then they rerouted Knox and and the five second rounders to the Blazers for Peyton. So, man, what a wild uh, scenario to keep up with. Really, it came uh, came down all you know close to the deadline. Really, within like four hours of the deadline. And there's uh, there's there's ten other trades too that we're not just gonna comb through one by one uh, and discuss. So, Western Conference landscape certainly shaken up. But the view doesn't change from the top. Still really like this Denver roster. think the backup center position gets improved. The bone situation was evidently unsalvageable. So the team did what they had to do. Doesn't mean I have to like it. Um, and here we go. Here we go. It's going to be all-star break right around the corner. And it's uh, tonight. Uh, at the t- Again, the time of recording, it's Thursday afternoon. Uh, the Nuggets have the Orlando Magic in Orlando followed by Charlotte and Charlotte and Miami and Miami, Thursday, Saturday, Monday. Tonight in Orlando, Saturday in Charlotte, Monday in Miami. So we'll see what, um, and then it's going to be fun because next week, next Sunday, um, it's the Clippers at home. So you're going to see Bones Highland in the Clippers uniform in Ball Arena on a Sunday evening. Wow. Can't make it up. All right, that's the initial at first blush reaction. Uh, We'll gather some more thoughts here as all this stuff is just coming down. I'm just getting off the air. We'll gather some more thoughts, um, maybe listen to uh, a couple other smart people talk about it, and we'll come back in and um, give a um, um, uh, not a a different but maybe renewed or tinkered with outlook. And then once we see the team play, you know, let's see how how the newest rendition uh, of this team actually performs here over the next uh, couple weeks, and then we'll kind of reevaluate from there. So we'll leave it there for now. Uh, Guys, I hope you're doing great. All right. Um, Rate this podcast five stars if you feel like we deserve it. Tell a friend if you feel like we deserve it. Uh, Grassroots is the most organic way to grow this podcast, and I appreciate you being here with me very, very much. And whatever happens tonight in Orlando, Saturday in Charlotte, you already know. We're going to be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.